A note to our listeners, the following segment of Education in Focus includes a discussion about sexually explicit material that's available in school libraries. Content might not be appropriate for all audiences. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Education in Focus, powered by Chalkboard News. I'm Dan McCaleb, Vice President of News and Content at the Franklin News Foundation, which publishes Chalkboard. Chalkboard is a news website dedicated to issues related to K-12 education. Joining me again today is Brendan Clary, Chalkboard's K-12 editor. What age-appropriate books should be available to children in our school libraries has been a topic of much debate, well, for more than a year now. Uh, parents across the country have pro- protested certain books that depict sexual activity and other explicit content. But it seems now that the U.S. Department of Education, at least some people who work for the Department of Education, are doubling down on a threat to withhold funding from schools that censor certain books. We are recording this on Wednesday, July 19th. So on July 18th, you covered a hearing uh, where this topic was brought up. And there was one in particular Department of Education official said that said she would withhold federal taxpayer dollars from schools that pull certain books off their shelves. Tell us what's going on here. Yeah, so it was during a conference on sort of inclusivity and uh, faith and inclusion and how to, for the Education Department Center for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships, uh, and somebody asked the Assistant Secretary of the Office of Civil Rights, um, her name is Catherine Lamont. They asked her about book bans. What is the education department going to do about book bans? And she replied that her office is, quote, very eager to enforce its control over federal funds to basically make sure that school districts are not creating what they call hostile environments for students based on the removal of books. And um, this was sort of preempted earlier this year in March, I believe, that a a school district in Georgia entered into a, um, maybe it was May, they entered into what's called a consent agreement, I I believe, where they they basically say, like, we're going to work with the feds so that we don't get in trouble after an investigation by the Education Department's Office of Civil Rights that found that the school district's book removal screening process may have created a hostile environment for students. And so that was, uh, I covered that at the time. It was sort of an interesting story then just because of how they were able to sort of say this book removal process, while it wasn't directly targeting content about protected student status. You know, it wasn't talking about sexuality or religion. And it was going there. They were targeting books that were, you know, sexually explicit. That was sort of their aim all the way through. And they ad- they admit that the Office of Civil Rights said, hey, we know that they were targeting these books. They were looking for books with sexually explicit content. They said that the way that they might have the way that they did it may have created a hostile environment based on some uh, student comments at a school a board meeting. So essentially, some students got up and said, hey, this makes me feel like, you know, this is a discriminatory environment. Um, and based off of those comments from students, the uh, Office of Civil Rights, you know, made this school district enter into a consent agreement and basically told them that, you know, they'd have to do some school climate surveys and that they would have to do some of these other things to sort of remediate um, or to correct their potentially hostile. Oh, they also had to direct students toward, like, let them know how to file a Title IX complaint. So that's, it's just an interesting sort of thing where they're, they're kind of 
stepping into these situations and saying this might create a hostile environment. We can do some investigating. And so that that was sort of the background of this of this comment from Lamont, who said yesterday, basically put it all out on the table that if if you're going to create a hostile environment, as we define it, then we can go after you and, it, and and like go into a school district and talk to the community and hear what students are saying, what teachers are saying, and they'll they'll look around. And if they deem that it's a hostile environment, they can try to figure out a way to resolve that. And if they if they can't, then they'll pull federal funds. This is a, a massive, you know, school libraries like everything else. Um, they're not like everything else, but school libraries like schools are reliant on taxpayer dollars. So that's a significant threat to schools. Let's talk about this this term that uh, she used, hostile environment, a little bit. Parents who don't want their younger children. Let's say, let's just say we're talking about elementary school age children and leave the high school crowd out of it now. Many parents are, have concerns about sexually explicit content being available to their first grade student, their second grade student, their third grade student, you know, etc. And we've seen these protests in school board meetings across the country where parents are sh- show up. We'll talk about one b- book in particular, but it's it's not just one book. It's it's many, many, many books that are being challenged across the country that they don't want that sexually explicit material in front of their First grader, for example, the fact that the material is there in the first place has created a hostile environment, I think, for some, particularly those parents who don't think their first grade son or daughter should be exposed to to such sexually explicit content. And 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 I guess that's going to lead me to, to my next comment. Let's talk about one book in particular. Again, this is not the only book. This seems to be the one that's brought up in many of these conversations, and that's a book called Gender Queer. Prior to your story from off this coverage of yesterday, the, uh, we wrote at Chalkboard News about this book. Bridge, Michigan, a nonprofit news site, described genderqueer in this manner on March 20th of this year. The book tells a story of how the author came to terms as a teen with their sexual identity, the difficulties of coming out as non-binary to family and friends, and navigating issues of sexuality. Certainly seems appropriate by that description alone. Now, maybe for high schoolers, maybe, you know, depending on your parenting, your the background you come from, maybe not so for, for you know, kindergartners, first graders or not, but I'm, that's, that's a subjective opinion. Certainly older students, older kids, that by that description, that to me as a parent, I guess I'm just speaking as a parent myself, that would seem age appropriate if the student, the child is confused, looking for other information about things like that. But then when you look at some more explicit descriptions of the book, Gender Queer, uh, the Iowa Standard published images uh, of the graphic novels, illustrations just so that show the main character with blood on his legs and underwear from a period, a a blood covered tampon, a toy vibrator that led to, quote, my first orgasm, and two illustrations of young people engaged in oral sex. But that is how one outlet described some of the explicit natures of this book. And I would think parents, you'd want parents to be involved in that one. So, I mean, I'm babbling on here, Brendan. Help me pull this together. And and, and what are you thinking? Yeah, well, I, I think that, you know, that you're right that that parents have been vocal about this book and others. But specifically, I mean, this one has been challenged the most. The American Library Association said earlier this year that it was the most challenged book for the second year in a row. So in 2022, they, they released that it. it was the most challenged book. And we know that challenges are on the rise. Um, you know, there's other advocacy groups that have said that, you know, that um, organizations are targeting different titles. And, um, you know, they're seeing it from a, a negative point of view that, you know, 
people should be able to read whatever they want. But I think that the argument from parental groups and parents at board meetings is, you know, I don't want my kid being able to read this in a school library. And, and they point to some of the sexually explicit content. But on the other side, you have, um, you know, advocates of those books and, you know, sort of this free speech sort of argument of like, we should be able to have kids reading whatever they want. But you also have people saying, but it, and if we start restricting, you know, LGBTQIA titles, then those students who identify as those sexual minorities won't be able to have literature that reflects them. And so, you know, you're erasing them and you're sort of minimizing who they are. And, you know, and I I do get that argument. But when you when you're talking about this, the graphic nature of some of the sexuality that's depicted. Yeah. And, you know, it's and so there's you know, there are these concerns on on both sides that this is a problem. But, you know, that's that's kind of where the back and forth is is sort of happening, I think, is that you have the one side saying that I don't want my kids to read this. And then other people saying, well, you can't decide what every other child is going to read. And I get that and, too. Yeah. And so I think that that's, that's sort of the, the crux of, of the issue. But then we have the, you know, the feds come, like the federal department, you know, the Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights coming in and saying that, you know, if you create a hostile environment, you know, we're sort of taking away that local control of you know, should we ban this or not? So, yeah, I think that that's something that, you know, the way that our, our nation works in terms of, you know, we have different school boards that decide the rules for, you know, the library in, in Iowa versus in California or Portland, you know, there could be differences of opinion. And so there, you know, that, that sort of coming in and saying, like, if you create a hostile environment, then, you know, we're going to go through this and, and go through these to, to a Georgia school, you know, earlier this year and saying, you know, like, I know you guys were targeting, you said you were targeting sexual explicit content, but the fact that some students, you know, basically had a, you know, impact felt impacted by the environment surrounding the removal of books. You know, it's it's sort of a like if if students feel excluded or like that they're in this environment where they might feel excluded, then the Department of Education saying that that's enough. You know, we can we can go off of that and that's our purview and we can start making, you know, we can, we can insert ourselves into the conversation and basically say, you know, you can't do this or we'll remove your federal funding. And, you know, the, the comments from yesterday, Assistant Secretary Catherine Lamont is, you know, said, I'm, I'm happy to use this. We're, we're eager to use it. I guess just these, these, I don't know. I'm questioning the blanket federal policy of deciding such issues for everyone. It's not being made a local issue. I should state too, that there's precedent for this already in Illinois, the state of Illinois, the legislature this year, and just this summer, Governor J.B. Pritzker, Illinois is my home state, Pritzker here signed into law a mandate that no state taxpayer funds can go to school districts that remove these types of books from the shelves. We, we could talk about this issue as an ad nauseum, and I'm sure we will plenty as the year plays out, the new school year begins, etc. But we are out of time. This is a conversation that parents um, should be involved in with their schools, with their school boards, with their children, just to be aware, even if it's just an awareness issue. Of course, our listeners can uh, learn more and follow our ongoing coverage of this story at chalkboardnews.com. For Brendan Clary, I'm Dan McCaleb. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. <laughs>